Hello again, and uh, welcome everybody to the next daily devotional. As always, so good to be with you. Uh, we've got a lot of ground to cover today, so I'm going to jump right in with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, we again thank you for this day, for this time together, for these devotionals, uh, for the opportunity to engage with you and grow close, uh, grow close to you, grow closer to you. Um, I just pray for each one of us that as we read and reflect and attempt to identify what it is that you have for us today, um, that you would help us, that you would guard our hearts and minds from wrong thinking, that you would keep distractions far from us, um, and that you would uh, speak personally to each one of us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 35. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it was written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord a pair of doves, or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to call the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. I don't know about you, but I find this passage interesting in several ways. Um, and I have to say right up front that I actually don't understand it all. There are, to me, mysterious elements of this passage and yet God's grace is always sufficient, isn't it? And for me, there's plenty to think about, even though I can't get my mind around everything. The, the first thing that grabs my attention as I read is the confirmation of Jesus's identity from heaven. In, in our reading yesterday, heaven was exploding, wasn't it? Angels lit up both the sky and the fields where the shepherds were herding their sheep. The, the, the angels sung praises to God. And the glory of the moment was too loud to ignore. In the person of Simeon in today's reading, we see heaven confirming Jesus' identity more subtly. Luke tells us that it was through the Holy Spirit that Simeon became aware that he would see God's Messiah before the end of his life. And it was that same spirit that tapped him on the shoulder and, and nudged him into the temple courts while Mary and Joseph were there. Messiah is a fancy word that means uh, anointed one and savior. 
You see, when Jesus broke into human history, the Jewish people were waiting on God's promise, a promise that he would send someone to rescue and redeem them. They had once been a great nation with a famous leader and a right relationship with God. He provided for them and protected them. He gave them victory over countless enemies. And in return, they stayed faithful to him. They worshiped him and gave him the credit that he was due for being their God. Things had changed significantly by the first century, though. No more great nation. They had been conquered and exiled and eventually had returned to a home that was controlled uh, by a different empire, the Empire of Rome. No more famous leader. They were a scattered people ruled by the emperor. And what about their faith? Well, many Jews were still religious, but I have to believe that many were just going through the motions at this point. I imagine that many had become checked out spiritually, jaded by the 600 years since they had had a nation of their own and the 400 years of silence since they had last heard from God through one of the prophets. At this point, it probably felt foolish to keep the faith. It was time to just get on with life and make the best of a bad situation. Yet there were some who still believed, some who were both faithful and full of faith. Simeon was one of them. Simeon had not given up. He still worshiped. He still gave God the credit and he was still looking for God to fulfill his promises. I wonder what he thought when he first saw Joseph and Mary and Jesus, a, a poor family from the country in the big church, in the big city, to carry out the dedication ritual that God had commanded. I wonder if his faith was tested in that moment. After all, when I hear anointed one and savior, I think of a great hero. I think of one who is chosen for an exceptional ability or, or one who has been given great power to fulfill the great tasks that they've been called to. I, I think of a, a brave warrior. And here in front of Simeon was a baby. Simeon, though, didn't seem to flinch. He seemed to run to the family and, and almost with no introduction asked if he could hold the child. He, I just imagine him looking in this little boy's face and starting to sing. I wonder how nervous Mary was when she saw this old guy who she'd never met before spinning around with his eyes closed and the head to the sky holding her little miracle baby. Simeon's faith and his faithfulness had been rewarded, and he was one of the first people to know that Jesus was the great rescuer that the world had been longing for. This brings me to the, the second thing that grabbed my attention, and it's where I'd like us all to really press in today. It's Simeon's song in verses 29 to 32. Simeon said three incredible things. One, that he saw God's salvation when he saw Jesus. Two, that his salvation is available to all people. And three, that because he saw Jesus, he didn't need anything else. He said he was ready to die. Let's take a moment and just rest in this observation. Let these words 
sink in. Uh, again, Simeon saw God's salvation when he saw Jesus. Uh, that salvation is available to everyone. And because he saw Jesus, Simeon didn't need anything else. I was talking with uh, some friends last evening, and we were talking about the value of perspective. Uh, we were talking about how easy it is to become consumed with small stuff, stuff that doesn't really matter much in the end. Uh, like when you're frustrated with your boss because he didn't give you the credit you deserve or, you know, the neighbor next door completely ignores the property line and mows two rows into your lawn. We talked about how uh, healthy and how good it is to press pause in those moments and see the bigger picture, to be to be thankful for things like health and meaningful relationships and um, plenty of groceries so that we didn't have to miss a meal last month. I call this zooming out. Um, think about this with me for a second. And an airport feels big when you're walking through the terminal, doesn't it? And if you've never been in an airport, just imagine a, a huge shopping mall with tunnels to planes and places where all the stores usually are. But after takeoff, when you're 100 feet in the air, the airport feels small. You can see it in, in context with all the land and the buildings around it now. And at a thousand feet, it's even smaller. You can see neighborhoods and even cities at a thousand feet. At 5,000 feet and 10,000 feet, you see states and regions. At 30,000 feet, you're above the clouds. The airport where you, you started your trip is just a speck that you can no longer make out. I think that's what it's like to think about the salvation that God invites us to. It's the biggest issue. It's it's 30,000 feet. It's the ultimate perspective on life. Everything else, our homes, what car we drive, how successful our career is, how good our marriage is, how healthy we are, if our kids are getting all the opportunities in life that we believe they deserve, everything else is the airport. It's all just specks of dust on the ground. Now, now, don't hear what I'm not saying. None of those things are bad in and of themselves. It's it's not bad to want a home of your own or a successful career or a healthy family. Uh, no, each of those things can be really good things, and we all know this. But none of those things are permanent. None of those things are eternal. And, and, and none of them, even if lived perfectly, has the power to save us from what we need saved from. The Jews, like I said, were looking for a savior, but many were looking for an earthly one, one who would overthrow the Roman Empire and restore their nation to greatness. They were looking to be saved in this life, but God offers a different salvation. God knows that the, the problem that's bigger than living under oppression, the problem that's bigger than feeling alienated and powerless, the problem that's bigger than anything else that we can dream up is the problem of sin. We read together in Genesis that sin is distrusting God and disobeying him. Sin is, is rebellion against God. And we also read that even though sin started with Adam and Eve, it was transferred to their children and to their children's children and even to a righteous man named Noah. And it's been transferred for generations until it's gotten to you and me. We are rebellious 
we, we've all committed treason in God's kingdom. And the penalty for treason is exile. It's, it's disconnection from God. It's death, both physically and spiritually. In Jesus, God confronted and conquered the problem of sin, and he promises salvation. That is, reconnection with himself, a restored relationship, and the hope of eternal life in, in real physical bodies in God's new earth to come. And just as Simeon sang, that offer is available to anyone. Simeon saw Jesus and believed. Essentially, he said, I'm ready to die. I don't need anything more because now I know that God has rescued me. He has saved me. I don't need to be afraid because my eternal future is now secure. He, he could zoom back into his life and face anything because he had faith in the view from 30,000 feet. How about us? Where are we today with this incredible claim of the Bible? Where are we with Jesus? Is he our perspective on life? Is he our ultimate hope? Is he our salvation? This issue is so important for all of us, regardless of where we are on our journey of faith. If you already believe in Jesus, my question is, is he really your salvation? In other words, is there anything or anyone that you give more attention to, more control to, more power to assure you that everything will be okay? And if so, that area of your life is dangerous because it can distract you from what you believe and actually steal some of the life that God has for you. And if you don't yet believe in Jesus, I want to encourage you that that's okay. God's opinion of you hasn't changed. Uh, but I also need to just lovingly challenge you because God's opinion of you also demands a response on your part. You're free to accept his love and forgiveness for your sin and enjoy the free gift of a relationship with him by putting your faith in Jesus. But you do have to choose to accept it. God's patient, but none of us have forever to decide. Know that I am praying for you today. I love you guys, and I'm excited for you to experience God today as you pursue him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we do thank you again um, for the power that's in your word, the, the incredible encouragement that we receive, and also the loving challenge that you offer each one of us. God, we uh, just confess that um, one of the things that we all share is that we've put our hope in things uh, ahead of you, um, that we've trusted in things and in people more than we've trusted in you. Um, but as we confess that, God, we believe that we're freed from it. Uh, we believe that we're freed to um, make a new decision today. Um, to trust Jesus as our salvation, to accept um, your promise of love and life that can only be found in him. And God, I pray that uh, each one of us would uh, find time to press into that reality today, uh, to enjoy that reality today, to have that reality um, truly become our reality as we move forward. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.